Hello, everyone. I'm Vern Davis. I'm your host of Plant Profits. I hope all is doing well today. I'm excited about my guest today. We first got connected a few months back, and we're actually going to have an opportunity to have a conversation today. Uh, my next guest is a member of the LGBTQ community and is one of its first dispensary owners in Los Angeles. Cheers. She is one of the very first of 21 social equity licenses to own and operate a dispensary. Yeah, see, you're here. <laughs> you don't even know her yet. <laughs> whose mission partners a respect for the cannabis plant and its culture while opening doors to diverse collaborations, as well as what all important, authenticity. I want to welcome to Plant Profits today, Asia Allen. She is the owner operator of 64 and Hope, and I love that name, <laughs> in Los Angeles, California. Asia, how are you? Oh my God, I am blessed, Vern. Thank you, thank you, thank you for that wonderful introduction. Good morning to you. Good morning to everyone. Yeah, I'm I'm so I'm so glad that we have this 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 shot and opportunity. Cause like I've I've said to you in the past, you know, I feel like this is the second time we we met. <laughs> right. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> we came so close. It was so I know, close. I know. We're on the wavelength. We were on the wavelength. <laughs> But as life does, it takes us down different paths, and it does. And, and yeah, yeah, and 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 you're on a hell of a path right now. You're doing some tremendous things, and um, in the in the community of cannabis, and the community, the LGBTQ community, and uh, you kind of brought it all together. And and I just love your story. And 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 today we're gonna we're gonna have a, an opportunity, Asia, to to have people get to know you, the bones of of what is 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 going on uh, in LA, someone who is who is bringing luxury to the Los Angeles cannabis market, right? Uh, so I think that's that's all important. So Asia, beautiful name. Where did it where did it emanate from? Where did it come from? I it just I honestly I. You, well, you know what? I was gonna say I honestly don't know, but mm -hmm. it it originated it originated from Steely Dan's album. Um, okay. that my mom was a really big fan of Steely Dan in the eighties. Okay, and I was actually supposed to be a boy, and I was supposed to be a junior. Okay, so um, yeah, just that didn't happen. Out. <laughs> and I heard the song was like Asia. It's really dope. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Oh, okay. I mean, it's not something that I would listen to, okay. but you know, hey, mom, what you like was what you hey, like. Hey, <laughs> do what you do. Um, so are, are you uh, from California? Yeah. Grew up there? Yeah. Yes. I'm born and raised um, Los Angeles. Okay. You know, I'm kind of a, a Bay Area baby too. My dad lives in Oakland, California. Okay. So I spent a lot of summers out in Oakland, um, mm -hmm. but yeah, back and forth you know, up and down the coast, spending my summers up, up you know, in the Bay and mm -hmm. school and stuff here in, in LA. So yeah. Crenshaw baby, true Crenshaw, Crenshaw baby. baby. <laughs> hey, I get it. I, I get it. I, look, you know, we all kind of grow up uniquely, right? And we have our own unique experiences. Really, Asia, 
what do you take from before you got into all of this wonderful stuff you're into now what did you take from you know your formative growing up years to become pre-adult that that you lean on right now that you got out of that experience that that takes you to the next part of your day every day right so i grew up in in a really tough neighborhood um mm-hmm. i grew up off a of king boulevard in crenshaw which I don't know if anybody's familiar with that area. It is, it's pretty tough. Um, mm-hmm. I, I found, not me personally, but there was <clears throat> decapitated ladies found behind my apartment building, mm-hmm. gang violence, over policing, mm-hmm. you know, just all types of things we can go on and on about um, yeah. that actually contributed to my, my trauma, which is where my love for cannabis actually grew. It okay. was my decompression tool just throughout, you know, and I, I wasn't supposed to be smoking as a child, but as an adult, I can admit it, you know, and that's mm-hmm. just something that I partaked in, in order to be able to navigate my, my way through life. But something that I've taken from, from, you know, that part of my life that I <clears throat> continue to use every day is my mother's strength. She was a okay. single mother of two. Okay. She worked swing shift and <laughs> she taught me from a young age. Wait a minute, hold on, stop. Tell everybody what swing shift is and what swing that shift. means. What <laughs> it's that like means four to, raising kids. Yeah. Yeah. It's like four to 12, right? So uh-huh. I'm getting out of school at like three o'clock. Right. She's going to work at four. I have a younger sister. And right. she told me when I, when, you know, when she told me she was pregnant and, and mind you, I'm like 10 years old okay. and she's like, Hey, you know, I'm pregnant. I'm thinking about not keeping it. And to think about that as a, as a, an adult now, and some of the 10 year olds that I come in contact with now to to have my mother kind of bring me in on something so important in her life mm. kind of just speaks to our relationship from a young age. It's always just been me and her. Yeah. You've so, been her partner. Yeah. yeah. So she was like, listen, I'm just not sure that we'll be able to, you know, mm-hmm. sustain. So I begged and begged, please, mom, I'll help you. I'll help you. I'll help you. You know, I don't want you to, because, you know, from a kid, even though I like, I didn't, I, I knew what abortion was, but I didn't know what that meant for my mother, you know, 10 years old, you influenced that decision with your words, with your communication to your mom. I did. In a a conversation like two adults having. Yes. This is what I'm thinking. What do you think? Mm -hmm. Yep. She actually, she told me, she was like, listen, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And I was like, wait a minute. No, like, let's talk about this. (laughs) And you were a 10, 10 years old. Yep. I may say that again. Forgive me. Yeah, no. (laughs) And I told her, I said, listen, I'll help you. So that's exactly what I did. She did swing shift. I got out of school and I helped with my sister and she worked for you, you know, the airline for, for years and years and years. And that's just, like I said, something that I, I get up and I take with me every single day, how strong my mother was and how she was able to support us in such a way that no matter what was going on around her, we never saw her cry. We never saw her struggle in any real way. We never went hungry. We always had whatever it is that we needed, not necessarily mm-hmm. wanted Jordans and this, that, and the third. It's like, mm-hmm. no, you guys have food on the table. And you guys have clean shoes. Mm-hmm. So those are the things that I like to carry with me every day, her strength, you know, and everything that I do for her. And I let her know, you know, whenever we conversate now, the things that I, um, 
that I'm sacrificing and that I do every single day. It's to make you proud. You sacrificed mm-hmm. all those years for me. Mm-hmm. Now I want to put myself in a place where I can just say, mom, you don't have to do anything anymore. Just relax. Enjoy these, you know, these, the rest of your life, you know, oh, that's plus. so that's my goal. So how do you and your mom chill? You know, we have an interesting relationship because on the flip side of that, she doesn't agree with my lifestyle. Okay. She, we grew up, I, you know, she converted to Islam okay. also, which she doesn't practice anymore, but she still is very invested and enrolled in their principles. Yeah. Um, so, she, but she, so in that light, she doesn't agree with my lifestyle. So okay. from an adult standpoint, uh, we actually sort of have a rough, a rough relationship now because okay. of that, but she also abused drugs for a long time in my life too. So she's a part of the, um, you know, the AA um, um, narcotics anonymous. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is important for her because they help her in speaking at these meetings, kind of be able to vent those feelings because I don't honestly know where they come from, but like I told her, as long as I'm happy and I'm not yeah. in, in an, in an abusive relationship, I'm not being, violated in any way I'm happy so I think that that should be all that's important so again this has been like you know I've been a lesbian for 10 years so it's like it's not a phase kind of want you to get over it now (laughs) it's kind of here to stay mom (laughs) this is where we are listen (laughs) get over it but you know as far as you know us chilling uh, I'm always Uh so busy so I like to take her out to eat to new places she loves to try new things and that's one of the things that i love to do so we just hang out and okay eat she'll cook um i have a dog which we share because she's no longer my dog she's taken over <laughs> so we like to take the dog and hang out and you know just yeah. try new things oh that's great that is uh that's that's really uh really cool and thanks for sharing that i didn't know yeah. how deep that was gonna go but it uh you went there and i appreciate that <laughs> Um, Transparency. Oh my God, there, there it is. So uh, I tell you what, Asia, we're we're getting up against a break, and uh, when we come back, I, I really want um, to get into this: how fashion now that you you know how you you early in your earlier in your life you got into fashion, mm-hmm. and how that is influencing what you're doing every day. And yeah. how you you put what what your life work is, uh, and how that has helped support that. So we're gonna we're gonna get into that, and then we're gonna start getting into to really your journey into cannabis, and then into the cannabis business. Okay. Okay. Sure thing. Oh, absolutely. Hey, I'm Vern Davis. The name of my show here is Plant Profits, and thank you for listening. Uh, download uh, Plant Profits on any of the wherever you get your podcasts. You can find. Um, Plant Profits. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Protus Global, my company. And um, we'll be right back. Uh, We're having our chat today with Asia Allen. She's the owner operator of 64 and Hope in Los Angeles, California. And we'll be right back. Plant Profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to Plant Profits. I am Vern Davis. I'm your host. And Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is Asia Allen. She's the owner-operator 
of this wonderful, wonderful place in Los Angeles called 64 and Hope. And look, I, I really, you know, we all, we've been talking about your journey. We all get to where we are in different ways. And, and, and it's mine is uniquely mine. Yours is uniquely yours. And at some point early in your life, fashion became important to you and you got involved in that. Tell us a little bit about that and then connect what that has done for you today. Yeah, sure. So I started out um, just, honestly, I didn't even have any real passion for fashion, as they say. Okay. I just needed a job. And (laughs) at the time, Michael Kors was like booming. And I was like, okay, like, let me see what I can do. So I started out as a sales associate and I worked my way up in, in different, different stores. I worked in a, in like a mall where there was a bunch of different stores and I got recruited by different companies. Each store I would work there. I'd work there for a couple months, six months, (laughs) and they would come in and they would recruit me. Hey, I've been watching you for like three days now. I love the way you do your thing. Uh I'm going to give you a position, a higher position over here at this company. So I bounced around for a while, which is where I got. So you were kind of a natural. I mean, this was, I mean, I'm just a people person, you know, I'm just a people person. I'm, I'm real. I'm authentic. So if I don't like it, I'm going to say, Hey, you know, that's just not flattering for you. Let's find something else. I would hate for somebody to go home and look in the mirror and be like, that lady lied to me. Like, I can't believe Mm. she did this. And so that's where I was able to build customer relation. So fast forward, I was able to get recruited to be a general manager or well, actually a store manager for a specific company that I just loved working for. It was an alternative brand. You know, I was working for Mm -hmm. a suiting company, so I was wearing suits every day. And I was Mm -hmm. just, this isn't for me. I switched over to this alternative brand and I just flourished because I was actually passionate about what I was selling at this point. So I was really able to just bask in my greatness there. Mm -hmm. And I had a great leader, a great boss at that time that just really took me under her wing. And she taught me everything about business. Mm. She's like, listen, running a store at a store level, you know, it's all about problem solving. People are going to come to you with problems all day long. It's all about solving things. And the second thing was people managing. That's going to be the hardest part to run a business is numbers. That's black and white mm-hmm. but where the gray area is is the people part you mm-hmm. have people that have real things going on in life that spill over into their work life so you have to be able to manage that in a way that everybody feels appreciated right and so on and so forth so that's where my strength grew because I was like you know there's one thing to just be able to help somebody on the sales floor but to help the people that actually work here and enroll them in the bigger purpose um is, was the, was the more important part for me. Mm -hmm. So training and development became my passion. I really wanted to, you know, see what people's career career paths were so that I can get them in a place where they, when a position opened up, that they'd be ready. And that's what I did. Everybody underneath me, I got them ready for the next level and then got them there. So the people became your passion, not the product. Exactly. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, that's what it has now done, to, you know, for for this part of my life, right? Mm-hmm. So now I have a staff of 20, which is probably the largest staff that I've ever had to manage. Okay. But, you know, just telling them from the beginning, look, this is what I'm trying to do. 
it's one thing to come to work and get paid for it, but it's mm-hmm. another thing to come to work and actually be proud of what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So if that's not what the situation is here, then, you know, don't even just, you know, stay where you are. So I think that's, that that's, yeah, it's been, it's been a success for me if, yeah. you know, managing in that way. How long have you been open? Um, no. Today is the second, it'll be five months on the eighth. Yeah. So what have you learned? So, you know, when you were managing people in retail, right? Not yours. Mm-hmm. Okay. And then you had this journey to get to, you know, to 64 and hope and just, you know, just looking at the world of work, there's so been so many changes and effects of what happened during the pandemic, which was, right. you know, that came about though, pre right uh pre pre-opening yes yeah pre pre-opening but you were experiencing it and other things that you were doing right and and how it is you know and then what's affect the uh issues with supply chain had on uh the people Mm -hmm. uh that you deal with um every day so uh, is is there anything you're a young business five months old but is there anything that you can now just glean that's different about how you got to deal with folks now uh, than how you had to deal with them three, four years ago? Oh, yeah. Well, for one, you know, coming into this, mm-hmm. the compliance piece to cannabis is just very strict. So yeah, it's, that, it's a bear. Yeah. It is. So it's, it's a beast. Mm-hmm. So I think that that obviously is super important. So managing people, you have to let them know, listen, it's one thing to be, um, you know, on a store level in a retail store and to be audited by say corporate, but in this light, we'll be audited by the city and we could possibly get fined thousands and thousands of dollars. Like now this is my business and I have to pay this money. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I'm taking this personal now. Um, so, you know, we can be audited by the city, we can be fined, we can be shut down essentially. Mm -hmm. So it's that much more serious at this point, but post, you know, pandemic, honestly, this newer generation, they're, they're lazy. I mean, I don't want to speak for all of them, but I'm telling you, it's like pulling teeth almost like the work ethic is just gone down from what I've seen. And it's, it's scary. It's scary. I'm not going to lie because everybody that I have on my team, that's super solid yeah, tend to be older because they know, listen, I've got bills. I, yeah. Like I've got real life to deal with. You know yeah. what I mean? That's interesting. Yeah. It's, it's, but I'm, it's not a, it's not an uncommon um, a story. So I want to go back a, a minute, Asia, and just, mm-hmm. I'm going to mention a name and then I want you to tell me what, what this person means to you. Kareem Webb. Oh my God. Just grateful. Like mm-hmm. he's just truly heaven sent, like not only just for helping me pursue my passion and, and all of that, it's what he does for the community every single day outside of 64 and hope he runs fourth movement. He runs Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings. He's the commissioner on the board for the airport. Yeah. You know, I can go on and on about this man. Like he's just truly heaven sent and to wear all of those jackets and still walk around as cute, cool as a cucumber. Like this yeah. guy, he has a mission and he's not letting any stress, any, 
you know, stuff that the city is, was putting us through at the time. And, mm-hmm. you know, anything that anybody has got to say about this man, he lets it roll off of his shoulders, you know, in, in the public eye. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know what he goes home and, and, and thinks about when he sleeps at night. That's for him to to mm-hmm. deal with. But just the way that he moves throughout the, the his, you know, his his path is just it's just regal, you know, he's yeah. awesome. Like I, I'm, I love that man. He's awesome. Like I, I couldn't have asked for a better leader. Yeah. That is, he's a special, special brother. I'm telling you. And uh, he couldn't gotten, uh, have gotten a, a better compliment than you, you just laid out uh, for him. So he, you know, he owes you a little bit on that one. Uh, but, but, you know, Asia, tell, let, let's, Tell tell us here the the audience of, of, about when you say leader. Tell about the organization. Let's 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 start talking about your journey to cannabis. Yeah. So owning sixty four and hope. Yeah. So somebody reached out to, to Kareem. I don't know who it was exactly, but somebody you know in the higher ups mm-hmm. um, about social equity and him knowing that Kareem Webb knew a lot of pillars in the community who would be able to take this opportunity. Mm-hmm and do the, the best that they, you know, that they could possibly do and do all the right things with the capital that be generated from such a great opportunity. And he partnered up with some of those pillars in the community and said, hey, I've got a great opportunity for us, for us, you know, for us as a people. Mm-hmm. And we started out with like 700 people and he narrowed it down. Tell me, the, the 700 people, mm-hmm. are they folks that wanted to own a dispensary? Yes, in these the are all people. Okay. These are all people coming from our community okay. that were wanted to compete in order to get this license. But obviously it was it was only 100 licenses. So yeah. like, let me buckle down and we're going to sit here with every single person. And we had a ton of different meetings, you know, all together. And then it just sort of dwindled down. We were in groups. We did life coaching sessions because honestly, Kareem didn't know us from a can of paint, right? Like this right. is 700 people that he vetted through other people. So he. Oh, I see. So there was a process yes. to get to that 700, to be a part of that pool. You had already gained, you had already gone through something. Well, we just had to know somebody. Okay. And then that 700 had to go through these processes. Okay. So I got we had it. to come up with, with strategic community, um, like initiatives that, you know, once, like if we had the capital, like, what would you do? Like, you know, in groups and live coaching sessions. And there was just a ton of different things where he wanted to a identify who was serious and who was going to get to these meetings. And Mm -hmm. mind you, this is like a year and a half, two year process, right? Mm. Like, so eventually mind you, we're not getting paid for any of this. So people are like, yeah. And this Uh is things that you're doing outside of work because you still have to do your thing. You know, that's exactly, that's exactly right. Uh, Asia, we're up against another break and we're going to come back and you're going to take us through how you got six, four and hope. And I'm so interested in knowing how you, made that name 64 and hope up okay. but um so we're, we're gonna we're gonna do that i'm Vern davis i'm your host of plant profits my guest today is asia allen owner operator 64 and hope in los angeles california we'll be right back plant profits will return so our sponsors can profit from these messages hey welcome back to plant profits i'm your host Vern davis 
Plant Profits is brought to you by Produce Global. My guest today is Asia Allen, and she is the owner, operator, CEO, founder, all of that, of 64 and Hope in Los Angeles, California. And we were just talking about this, this movement, this um, this process that Kareem put his hands on the reins of and this process that um, Asia became a participant in. Um, and and it, it, it all ended up at 64 and Hope. But um, Asia, so you guys had these 700 people, you were going to meetings, you had to keep your day job, you yes. had to do these things. Management to, training, okay. PNL training, like, okay. you know, all this okay. different stuff. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So he really wanted to see who was going to outside of what you have to do every single day, who's really going to buckle down and who's going to see it through to the end. Yeah. And who's going to perform at the highest level. Okay. And essentially I came out number one. I mean, I don't, I'm saying it like that, but I mean it in the humblest way. I swear. Wait a minute. Hold on. So Kareem <laughs> told you, you were the number one student. He, yes, he did. That's, I mean, yeah. He said, I, don't, I, don't, be, I, don't be afraid of the truth. I, I just, it sounds crazy. I, I just don't, I, you know, I'm just a humble girl. So yeah. it, when he told me that, I was like, don't, don't be telling me that. He was like, no. And then I started, you know, other people from the cohort were like, no, you, you know, you really floored us. Like you were at the top oh, of the top the entire time. And I was like, dang, that's crazy. That, that is crazy. But that is, that is gold. That so is gold. Now, yeah. So now, so you're number one, you've been given that mess. Now what happens? Store number one, here we are, 64 and Hope, you know, we're, we're really four months old, you know, and, you know, we're here, oh, 2000 La Cienega. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I, there's a whole lot of stuff that happened in between there, but we're here. Okay. <laughs> we're here. I, I know, I know that, but after yes. you, you, after you won, what had to happen? Well, you know, they just did cute little things. Like they would okay. invite us all to this, um, to meetings at this whole like different places and then they would have these big huge poster boards like with our stores on them and just like congratulations this is your store because we didn't know which locations we were going to get okay. because you know in order to open up a dispensary you have to be a certain amount away from a school and a park mm -hmm. and you know so they took care of all of that stuff for us because we would have never been able to do that on our own we didn't even know what it took from mm -hmm. that perspective to to get open so they took care of all of that stuff for us oh that's great what about the people how did you staff the store we buckled down we mm -hmm. we um released you know um ads on like indeed linkedin mm -hmm. um we promoted through instagram mm -hmm. um you know a couple of different platforms and got a ton of people rolling in and we just narrowed it down we kind of have a, had a small window, though, because the city was kind of being funny at that time and we weren't sure when we were going to be able to open. So I had hired a full staff and then okay. the city was still kind of teetering with my license. So what, what do you mean by that? Well, you know, it's what just happened? like they had approved everything and then I had an inspection and then okay. they were just sitting. My inspection paperwork was just sitting on my um I forget what she's called. My, my, um, I want to call her an auditor, but she's not mm -hmm. on, on just sitting on her desk Okay. for like, you know, weeks. Inspection and of 
your physical facilities or my physical location okay. like my physical location okay they came out and they did the inspection it was just sitting on the desk and she was just like you know i'm busy i'm busy and but i'm like i need to open like i understand that you're busy but if it's just a quick you know so kareem and that's where kareem came in and he was like i'm gonna take care of it for you and he worked his magic and we were open on the 18th hmm. that's a beautiful thing so tell me yeah. about the store well, well, tell me about 64 and Hope. Tell me about the name. How'd you get that? I love that. 64 and Hope is for Proposition 64. Before. And Hope now built around, you know, Black and brown people being able to live equity, equ equitable in America. You know, like now that <clears throat> Proposition 4 is now, you know, cannabis is now legalized for recreational use. We now have access to licensing for social equity partners we now have people being pardoned from prison early all these different things are now happening so there's a lot of hope tied around 64 and hope now beautiful yeah beautiful. But the store is amazing so it yeah. feels I, i've seen it online it's very welcoming it's uh -huh. not dark you don't have to go into one room and then get into the other room uh -huh. windows throughout it's green it's holistic it's wellness driven okay it's a community container. We like to do all types of different events when we are able to. Fridays, oh, we nice. have food truck Fridays. Okay. Come and buy something at the store and get a free munchie on your way out from the food truck. Mm -hmm. um, COVID testing, all oh, kinds nice. of different things. We like to do all Black Farmers Market when they start to kind of trickle back in. Okay. Yeah, so we're just trying to be a community container. We, we are in a neighborhood mm -hmm. where it's kind of old white. Uh -huh. tired mm -hmm. on one end and then on the other side it's kind of like mm, you know so the 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 side that we're on they actually didn't want us there because they didn't want you know a cannabis store they think that like it comes with people smoking outside and like you know hanging out in the parking lot and I'm like this is not a trap shop this mm -hmm. is like a real cannabis store I don't even like to be called a dispensary okay and you know that was something that we kind of made a promise to like listen if if there's ever a problem you let us know but also you don't have to be a consumer to come and participate we have different things farmers market covert testing mm -hmm. come grab some food mm -hmm. or come get educated come mm -hmm. see what cbd and thc can actually do for you you know there's a stigma still around cannabis that needs to be broken oh, so that's what we're here for. that's what yeah. we're here for. no that's great so you you have a in your mind you just have a bigger bigger mission uh, of that. Have you had any issues with the city since you've opened? No, nope. Uh, actually, everything's been cool. Yep. It's been great. Actually, it's been that, great. That's great. Now, what's the plan? You're going to, are you going to do more stores yourself? Do you, is that your plan? <clears throat> How are you, you looking know, at this? Right now, I just uh -huh. want to focus on this store and really, sure. really, really, really get it you know, to a place where it can run itself and then I can venture off and open more businesses. We did open a second location on Melrose. Okay. On um, New Year's Eve. Okay. But we are ran like a franchise model. So each store out of the 21 to come will be owned by a different owner. So okay. Robin, Robin, my good friend, she owns Melrose. So it's, this is the second of the 21. Second of the 21. Okay, that's great. So mm -hmm. an, another... You know, another butterfly. 
another butterfly (laughs) yes and she's amazing she's a mother so each one of each store will feel different because each owner is different so mine will be very you know um inclusion driven because women black people lgbtq Mm -hmm. we're all left out of so much so you know so much so for Mm -hmm. me like it's it's about inclusion at my store that's the theme that's the vibe like you know but, no, that's great. Uh, yeah, that, that is that is awesome. What an amazing journey by an amazing uh, young woman. So I really, uh, really appreciate you being here on our show today and telling us your story. I'm so so tell us the address of your place. Yeah, so it's 2000 La Cienega. We're right below the 10 freeway. Easy. Easy. Do you know anything about L.A.? That's easy. Yeah, and you can all you can find us on Weed Maps. Um, <clears throat> you can visit our website, 64andhope.com. It's, it's a beautiful. When I'm in LA, I'm coming to see you. Yes, I better see you, Vern. You, oh, I'm in LA, you're going to see me. That's some good news for you. <laughs> That'll be great. <laughs> That'll be uh, awesome. And I want to thank all of you for joining us here today on Plant profits and hey go and download episode this episode of plant profits is going to be coming up and download episodes and look for for this episode with asia allen owner operator of 64 and hope in la she's got an amazing story an amazing um story and uh we want you to be a participant in that uh but you can find it on cannabis radio iheart you know, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcast, please do that. Uh, follow Protus Global, my company on all social media networks, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, wherever you go, you can find Protus Global and you can really get a sense of how we're building companies, how we're changing people's lives at protusglobal.com, P-R-O-T-I-S global.com. want to thank you all for your uh, time today listening to Plant Profits. And again, want to thank our guest, Asia Allen, owner operator of 64 and Hope in LA. And until next time, cheers. The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast, republication, or retransmission of this program without proper consent is prohibited.